Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Money Awakenings. This is your host, DJ Smooth, on the microphone, coming to you live from Denver, Colorado. <sighs> no, I'm kidding. This is Larry Morrison of the Financial Shaman. And I am in Denver, though. That is true. And uh, we are out for a nice evening stroll. I want you to imagine as you hear crickets in the background, and most likely those are frogs as well, that you and I are out for a nice evening stroll and we're just going to talk about limiting money beliefs. I got a, a very perfect evidence, uh, that grammar is terrible, very perfect uh, interaction that was evidence of why we do this. It was with a close friend, or a friend who has become close, and I got to watch as we played with his excitement until it started to birth into a clarity of next steps of something that he could create for himself and for others. And it wasn't, even though we watched and kept in check, when it would go, well, how am I going to make money at this? What's the business model? Yada, yada. It was always like, well, let's follow the excitement. Let's start with the excitement. That's the indicator that Source wants you to go this way. So let's just stay with that. And let's build from that. And let's spitball from that. Well, yeah, but these multiple different things that are exciting me don't seem to intersect. Well, let's just keep playing with them. They might, they might not. That's okay. And I got to watch within two hours of just spitballing back and forth of something that was just an idea had a name had a mission statement, had a, a pretty decent marketing plan, but also that we had removed the blockages that, oh, this needs to make money right away, or, oh, this needs to look a certain way, or, oh, this can't be changed, or, oh, it has to be perfect before I put it out there. What if no one likes it? Well, what if everybody likes it? And all these beliefs that came up while spitballing got to fall away and granted, I, you know, he's got to take the steps to make it happen, but it's coming from this beautiful place of excitement first, ideas come, then action steps. Ideas formulate, opportunities formulate, huh? and then you just see the next step, and you see the next step. That's all you need to do. And why I bring this up is not only because I'm revved up in it, but this is completely backwards from how I've, I was for this one, I've done most of my, okay, so the last two weren't built this way that I'm going to describe it, but um, most of the businesses I've created came from, there's a need, there's a problem, look, can we fix it, can we sell the fix, right, the same old bullshit business stuff we hear no one stops to ask if that shit excites you or not. Oh, well, the money's exciting. What this business could do for me is exciting. No, 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 no,
What if it doesn't make any money? What if it doesn't make any money for a very long time? The excitement has to sustain you and you have to take it to its natural conclusion until it either changes course, the excitement changes, and you also have to make sure you don't get burnt out. You don't burn your excitement out by with all these limiting beliefs that you have. Like, cause if you take the excitement and then throw the, like as if it was fire and throw the cold water on, well, how's this gonna make any money? You boom, all you've lost it, right? If you take this ball of energy, this excitement, and you do what we just did and you start to see the next steps and you start to get this percolating these ideas and then you throw the cold water on it of well how am i going to pay the bills with this or i don't know how the, the business model is going to work what who's who does anybody even want this fuck that shit put it out there and see keep following the excitement this is your inner guidance system talking why would the universe implant you with excitement, a heart's calling, a highest calling, a direction to follow, and give you no means in which to make it happen? That is stupid. And that is a hellish torture. And that is not where we are. Look at all that we've created with human society architecture, art, mathematics, like all, of, all of these amazing things, harness the power of electricity, automobile, like everything was once an inspiration, was once some dude or gal who was super excited and had an idea. And that's how, that's how we freaking make things. That's how we turn non-physical into physical, is with first inspiration, excitement, and ideas turned into opportunities. Turned into making shit in the shop. Turned into building a website. Whatever it is. This is the magic of creation. But if you freaking throw the douse water on it of how is it going to make money, you've lost not only momentum, you've not only killed the goose that is laying golden eggs, but what else? You've said that money is more important. That money isn't to enhance your journey toward a heart's calling. It's to hinder it and block it from happening. Be very careful how you use this double-edged sword of money. Because if you truly believe that this is an unconditionally supportive universe, then everything created by said universe is there to help you, including money. Money has a purpose. Its purpose is to get you off your ass and get you to the heart's calling. That's where all the money you'll ever need will ever be. Toward your highest excitement, toward your highest self, whatever. So that's what we do here. We, on this podcast, talk all about the beliefs that douse water on the fire or put water on the fire to douse it and to stop doing that. So let's, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I got a handful of topics and I have no idea how they're going to interweave. So this could be a, uh, an anthology episode. 
because I wanted to talk. I feel this energy. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And that's okay. I do know what I'm going to talk about. I have these few topics here. This one I've talked about before, but I need to I need to talk about it again. Because I heard it come up tonight as we were um, as almost a way to throw water on the fire of excitement. And that is I need a nest egg to get going. Do you though? Because right there you're again, it's very it's like the logical mind steps in. This excitement brews, right? And the logical mind says, well, I need a little bit of something to get going. So I'm not worried about money while I'm building and following this excitement. <laughs> okay, let's break this down. If you're worried about money, wouldn't you want to look at the worry? No, what this is the backwards thing we do. Instead of feeling worry about money, going, what would I have to believe about this situation in order to feel worried? And go, oh, I have a belief system here that says I'm going to run out. That I don't have enough. That there's not enough. That there's never enough. That I can't make money doing what I love. That the universe will not have my back. That I'm going to fail. Instead of unraveling those beliefs so the worry goes away, we think money is going to come solve that problem. This is the backwardsness of what it is we do. My apologies, I have a call. And I'm back. Hopefully you didn't skip a beat. So, um... Where were we? We were talking about the backwardsness of worrying about money to get started. And the thing I want to touch on, something I've touched on before, is <coughs> not having enough to do what you want to do. What I ultimately want to just skip right to the, the juicy part and expand it, is when you say... You don't have enough of something, especially money. What you're actually saying is, I'm not enough. If you're saying there's not enough, it means I'm not enough. Let's break this down. Let's get into it. You are the lens through which you see the world. Your perspective is creating the world that you live in. Your projection of consciousness, but your perspective and your perception of the reality creates the reality. So when you see not enough outside, what does that say? That you're not enough inside. Because that's the lens through which you're projecting your own not good enough story. Every time. There could be a combination of things. But every time you say anything is not enough, I don't have enough love, I'm not seen, I don't have enough time, what you're saying is I'm not enough. Because your 
the creator. Let's look at it, look at it like this. What if it was, I'm not smart enough to figure this out? Would that help bridge this gap? When you say, I'm, I don't have enough to get started on my heart's calling, think of it like I'm not smart enough to figure this out. I'm not smart enough to put this all together. I'm, just take out the word smart after that. I'm not enough to figure this out. I can't do it. The universe who has given us everything in existence and is doing a pretty good job of it, I might say, I must say, is doing a great job of everything except when it comes to this thing, this heart's calling, and me. It fucked up when it made me because I'm not enough. I'm not smart enough. I can't figure this out. I don't have enough wherewithal. I don't have enough connection. I don't have enough whatever means I'm not enough. And when someone says to me, well, I'd like to get a little nest egg, a little runway, a little pocket chain. No! The belief that you need it, it was, is what needs examining. <clears throat> How do you know? Okay, here's the th I've used this analogy before. Would you rather have a million dollars in the bank? Well, 10 million, doesn't fucking matter. A million dollars in the bank. Or every time you needed money, it was there. A wallet that once you spent it, you closed it, you put it back in your pocket or in your purse, took it back out, and the money you needed was always there. Which one would you rather have? Because if you say you'd rather have the nest egg, then you're talking about needing to protect yourself from fear from the fear of running out. If I said to you, you have a wallet that will never run out, you will always have enough, why in the fuck would you need the nest egg? Think about it. Because you believe seeing a giant number in your bank account will quiet your fears. It won't, but you believe it will. This, this thought experiment fucked with me for a very long time because I was always itching for this idea of more than enough so that my inner worry, fear, my inner insecurity would quiet down if I had an abundance or a perceived abundance. <clears throat> had to do with my incorrect perception of what abundance is, what I described with the wallet is actually abundance. Having a giant pile of money is actually scarcity. <clears throat> because money needs to move. And the reason we hoard it is so we can feel safe. Abundance is being able, or doing what you need to do when you need to do it. And that means that it will show up right on time every time. How much you need, not how much you want. It's a very important distinction. That want, how much you want comes later, much later. That's after mastery. 
When you master the skill of reality creation, you can create whatever you want, but by that point, you won't need money because you can create reality. <clears throat> Why would you need another tool to create reality when you have one? It's the catch. By the time you figure out how to make millions of dollars, you won't need it because you'll have figured out how to create anything else you want. You'll become the genie. And so money will be pointless. As more just another thing to create with. <clears throat> another paint color in the in the on the easel or whatever. What is that thing that artists hold with the thumb and the anyway it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um so where was I? If you think you need the big pile versus the wallet that always keeps giving, then you're actually being pointed to the fact that you have scarcity inside of you. That there is a number of beliefs, trapped emotions, energies, and uh, traumas that are creating scarcity. All wrapped up in the belief that scarcity is real, among other things. But bottom line is, if you see not enoughness anywhere, it means you're not enough. Because you believe that you don't have any power over this reality. That you weren't given everything you need and that not everything that you need is not in you right now. Everything that you need to accomplish whatever it is today, you have within you right now. Leave no thoughts for tomorrow because they will have thoughts of their own. That's good old JC. Point being, if you're trying to fight tomorrow's battles today, you've already lost today. You have everything you need within you now to accomplish your purpose today. And if you need something more tomorrow, when it's needed, it will show up, whether in the form of a challenge, an opportunity, an idea, or every other way abundance shows itself. So, this is a perfect awareness tool to keep in your back pocket. When you look at the bank account, and you think it's you think it's not enough you should say oh this means i'm not enough which means i have a not good enough story because here's the thing folks <clears throat> you're probably getting tired of me saying this but i'm gonna keep saying it i'll say it every time it doesn't matter the number in the account it doesn't matter you could look at $100,000 in your account of disposable income, which is a whole other subject. Oh, I should probably write that one down for another time. But if it was not earmarked for anything, hundred grand, you could still see that it's not enough. Why do you think rich people keep hoarding money? Because they look at millions and think it's not enough. Because they are not enough. Because they haven't unraveled the not good enough story. You must unravel it if you are to get anywhere. <clears throat> the beautiful thing about the heart's calling is it will slam you right into your not good enough story. <coughs> when you set a goal of I want to become this thing. I want to become <clears throat> a master chef or I want to become like you set a goal you, you have your heart's calling and it says I want to become 
Maybe it's something brand new we haven't even heard of. Right? Maybe it's like I want to become the first artist to marry crypto and art. I don't know. Or I want to become... Uh, I don't know. A cloud jumper. I'm just making shit up at this point. But you know what I mean? Like whatever your heart's calling is, and you go toward it, it will slam you right into your not good enough story, usually with self-doubt that says, who do you think you are to do that thing? And the more we dig through this onion layer, you will always find that when you see not good enough anywhere, It means I'm not good enough. And what's fascinating about scarcity is that permeates everything, not just money. And it tends to move so it stays alive in your mind. So, for instance, I was out of a love relationship. I didn't have a love relationship for a very, very long time. Years. Years. I think it was like five or six years. And, um, and so my scarcity, I had scarcity of love. Even if I had scarcity of money, I'm sorry, even if I had abundance of money, it would, it would, the scarcity would be like, well, yeah, but you have no love. Then you, then love comes up and it's like, well, now you have a scarcity of health. And then I start to get in alignment with health and it's like, well, now you have a scarcity of time. It's called urgency. You're going to die sometime soon. It's like, motherfucker, why does that keep happening? Oh, right. Because somewhere inside of me, there's a not good enough story. And that not good enough story has to be right. And even if you're doing everything right, if you can actually tell yourself that through self-acceptance, you'll say, even if you have a love relationship and tons of money and you're going towards your heart's calling and you're in excellent health and your family loves you and everything's working, it'll just say to you, well, you're still not doing enough. If all these things are going well, why haven't you accomplished more? It will always find a way to make you not good enough. Because why? Because it has to be right. And so what it'll do is it'll just keep moving the target and raising the bar so that you can never fully enjoy what you're creating in the moment. This is the lens, the dirty lens you must clean to get rid of scarcity. And truth be told, I haven't fully cleaned the lens. I can just see it. And I, I know that if I teach it to others, like I got a huge awareness Was it Friday? Oh my God. A huge awareness around not good enough. Two days ago. How it, how it, how it bursts itself, how it permeates, what people do. You know, they believe, you believe you're not good enough. You either have to become an achiever to overcome it. Right? And so you're trying to get approval by achieving all this shit, either through society or your religion or your parents or your loved ones. You're just trying to do all this stuff so that someone somewhere, somehow, someday tells you that you're good enough so you can fucking stop. But that never happens. Good old achiever mindset. 
Achiever mindset is always born of not good enough, because if you were enough, what the fuck would you need to achieve for? And then some people hear that and like, well, then I don't want to give up my not good enough story because I want to keep achieving. Great. As long as you realize that the heart doesn't need to achieve anything. Achievement is attachment. Attachment to an outcome where you fi- someone finally approves of you and gives you the attaboy, the trophy, success. Achiever is always born of not good enough. Then you have uh, people like me who who see the nonsense and dismantle the belief system through radical self-acceptance and self-acceptance or acceptance of everything and everyone around you. Even as I say that, my heart is opening. Everything is perfect. Everything is perfect just the way it is. And for some reason, people think that if you go down that rabbit hole, which is obviously the harder of the three, I haven't got to the third one yet, the hardest of the three to do is to radically self-accept because it goes against everything. This this ridiculous motivation to keep doing shit. But people think that if they accept themselves as the way they are, they will stop evolving. That is impossible. That is literally, no, 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 it's not. The third way, you will stop evolving. But in the grand scheme of things, if you include after death, you will never stop evolving because the universe is constantly evolving and expanding. And you are the universe. So you can't stop. You, so, so many people think, well, if I just accept who I am and don't want to fix who I am, because fixing means what? That you're broken. If you just accept who you are, then you'll become a couch potato. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It just means you let go of the shame story that says you have to keep doing everything. So without the shackles of the shame story that says, I've got to keep achieving, then you can actually do more. It's born of excitement. It's born of heart. When you radically accept that everything is perfect, every cell in my body is right where it's supposed to be, Every loud noise in the background, this gorgeous sunset, every every cloud, every trauma in my past, everything that was negative, that I judge as negative, was all perfect because it it got me here and it's going to keep me going if I just let go of this fucking judgment that says I'm not enough. When you let go of that judgment, even for a little while, or even just start to slowly taper it down, you'll see that everything was always enough. And then what's funny about that is when you see the bank account as enough, it actually starts to grow. Because you have gratitude for it. I'm super grateful for every penny that comes into my hands to be stewarded. It's awesome. But if I always looked at it as not enough, that's what would be reflected to me regardless of how much was in there. Now I only see enough. It's actually, it's actually, it's plenty and I'm grateful. And I will happily steward it and hold it if I need to until it tells me what to do. So, or what it wants to do. So, 
Where was I? Ah, the third way, not good enough fucks with you. The third way, and the most dangerous way, that people have to get over the not good enough story that isn't going inside and fixing it and calling its bullshit out, which is what we've just talked about, is to become a full-blown narcissist and actually tell yourself, rewrite the programming and tell yourself that you've never done anything wrong. That you're not wrong, you're never wrong, you're always good enough, everything that comes out of your mouth and everything that you do is perfection. This is narcissism because you don't care about anybody else because you have to be right. And anyone who has any slightly different belief or anybody that's not serving you is wrong. And the reason this comes up a lot is religion. Well, and because especially young men have not been loved the way they've thought that they were lo should be loved by their narcissistic fathers and possibly mothers. And so they feel they got to go get love how they need to get love. And instead of constantly trying to achieve to get the love, they just say, I'm the fucking God's gift and everything revolves around me and I'm going to get mine and fuck everybody else. And the way religion does this is your soul and eternal damnation is under threat if you're not good enough. The ultimate judge in the sky. And so to beat the judge, instead of constantly trying to achieve and do what's right or let go of the story, you just believe you're always right. And everybody who doesn't agree with me is wrong. And that way, when you get to see God, you'll be like, no, motherfucker, I was right. You're so afraid of judgment, so afraid to look inside because everything will shatter. And so this is how you stop evolving. It's the only way I've found to stop evolving is to get caught in a thought loop for the rest of your life where you constantly think the same things today as you did yesterday and the day before that. And narcissists build this shell where they have, it's like being living in an echo chamber. They cannot get anything in because anything in would change the story that they're not God's gift to the humanity, that the whole world doesn't revolve around them and that they're not right. They can't not be right. So what does that mean? They don't even listen. La, 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 go away. The ultimate victims. If they'd have just listened to me. Anyway. Huge awarenesses of not good enough stuff. Stuff, it comes when you're open to it. Because I'm open to being wrong. I'm super open to being wrong because if I'm wrong, that means I'm growing. To, to be wrong is to unattach from an old idea and an old story. As I say that, it's possible I was wrong today. Didn't really look at it, but it had to happen that way. Anyway, um, I don't want to self-reflect on this because that's just going to waste your time. Uh, if I just do it in my head anyway. So, if you're seeing not enough that means you believe you're not enough okay <sighs> oh yeah this is a perfect cascade into the next subject remember what i said about the shame story the shame story um 
is you believing you're not good enough, right? And you create a lot of problems in your life unconsciously. So a tendency that happens to people who pick back up the mantle of the third way or the middle way, which is to go into deep self-reflection, self-acceptance, and to start to let go of the shackles of limiting beliefs and traumas and energies, a lot of times people will not take full responsibility for the life that they've created for themselves that they have that has become like a straitjacket and they don't like because they don't want to get caught up in the shame of that. Think about this. If you've ever seen somebody blame everyone else and play the victim, the real reason they do that besides narcissism, but the real reason they do that is because to take responsibility to a lot of people means to bring on shame. Because if I'm responsible for the life I've created, that means all the pain that I've caused myself and everyone around me is my fault. So it's easier to push that away and push it off to other people. Oh, it's my mom who did this. Oh, my dad was abusive, blah, blah, blah. Yes, those traumas need to be healed, of course. But bottom line is, you created the reality you live in right now. Your life is your life. You did it. No one else. You're the one that made all the choices. Now, how do we go to uh, responsibility without the shame? Here's how. When you start to pick up the mantle of, I'm the creator of my own reality and you look back at what you've created and you see things that you are currently living that you would like to change, how you let go of the shame is very simple. If you created life unconsciously, then what you did was not your fault. It was your programming. However, it is your responsibility to clean it up. So that, what that does is it drops a hammer in the right here, right now. Like you cement right here, right now, and you go, shit, I was unconscious that my not good enough or my non-deserving or my traumas or my programming given to me by my you know, teachers or family, society, like my programming created a fucked up shitty life. I can apologize now that you see the programming did that. The bottom line is it wasn't your fault. But from this moment forward, that you have the awareness that you're the one creating your own reality, now it's your responsibility to clean it up. Think of responsibility like this. Responsibility is the way in which you respond to a given situation. So your responsibility to your life is the way in which you respond to the fact that you can create it today moving forward. So if you're in an abusive relationship, 
you can say to yourself, wow, I did create this, but I created it out of an unconsciousness. And now that I'm aware that I created it, I can forgive myself and say that how I got here was not my fault. However, getting out is my responsibility. Changing and shifting the path is my responsibility from this moment forward. That's how you let go of the shame it takes to become the reality creator that you want to be. Because remember, everybody wants a shitload of money or to understand abundance so that they can create their own reality, they can create their own life, the life that they want, that they think will feel great. I'm telling you, you don't need the money to do that. You have all the power right now. And once you accept that, the power to choose and how to perceive life, which is the ultimate power, then you realize that you can start today and not be ashamed because it wasn't your fault. Now, if you are consciously aware that you are creating your own reality and, and you keep making the same mistakes, watching the patterns happen, you can still not be ashamed of yourself because things take time, typically. It starts with awareness first, remember. Everything always starts with awareness. So even if you're watching, you're conscious that you're the one creating your own reality, let's keep with the abusive relationship, let's say. You're going home to an abusive relationship, you're going through the motions, you're seeing the pattern, you're aware of it, and you're not doing anything different, the awareness is key. Remember the speed of nature from my sister Mary Fast. She talks about the speed of nature. Things like a tree don't grow overnight, unless it's bamboo. It's a joke. Uh, I don't hear any laughing. All right, because I don't hear anything. Um, <laughs> so, or seaweed actually grows, I think, one of the fastest. Anyway, uh, where was I? To see the pattern is a huge leap. The awareness starts everything else, which means when you realize that you're the reality creator and you're responsible for cleaning up your mess, you might not get in there and clean it tomorrow. It might just start with watching everything, watching the beliefs, watching how your thoughts interact with the world around you, watching your perceptions, connecting with your heart, listening for things. Those are huge leaps to, from unconsciousness. Unconsciousness, by definition, is not any awareness. So the fact that you are now aware and are still watching the pattern happen is still okay. It's nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, everyone starts there. You're unconscious, then you become aware of it, you watch the patterns, and then you decide to act. And be like, nope, I'm not doing that pattern anymore. So even if you're in this reality creation mode, knowing that you're God, watching the mess that you've made and wanna clean it up, you still have nothing to be ashamed of if you act through the unconscious pattern. It's still not your fault, it's just your responsibility. But having awareness is a huge shift, but you just don't see it in physical reality. So many people go, 
I see the pattern and I still fuck up. And then they start to beat themselves up and bring shame. Why do I keep doing this? Stop it. No good comes from blaming yourself and trying to fix it. That doesn't work. You've got to let that go. Watch it until it's time to move. Look, see, move. Watch the pattern is the next step. Because then you'll be able to catch it the next time it comes around. Again, the abusive relationship, right? You're unconscious. Then somebody or something comes along that wakes you up. You see the pattern. You know you don't deserve this. You even know where it came from. You know, your dad left you or who the fuck knows, whatever. Some kind of abuse, some kind of trauma. You see it, you know where it came from, you're watching it happen. It happens. Again, you get abused and you're like, fuck, why didn't I do anything? That right there doesn't help you. You just go, okay, the next time it happens, I'm done. If it even comes close to happening, I'm done. Or tomorrow, I'm done. That's okay. It's not okay to keep watching these patterns forever until you die. But it is okay to watch them for a little while until you catch on. It's like seeing the matrix, right? Like, oh, okay, I see it. I, okay, I see it. Okay, I see it. So when this happens again, I'll catch it. Bam, there it is. I'm out. Not today. You don't get to put your fucking hands on me today. Or you don't get to talk to me that way today. Fuck you. So, the point I'm trying to make here is it's not your fault when you were unconscious. And to have the awareness of the pattern is a huge step. You don't need to see a physical change right away. Just remember the speed of nature. Seasons change. Things change time. Sure, we'd all love to be instant manifestors. Maybe. Actually, it kind of sounds kind of boring. Maybe we'll play with that. We'll see. Who knows? But my bottom line is you get the awareness it's like planting a seed. Might take a season. Might take a month or two. But not a, hopefully not a whole year. But it might take a little while. You plant the seed of change. You watch the pattern. You shift it. Don't be ashamed of yourself. Okay? It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Blaming yourself does not help you at all. At all. The shame does not help you at all. In fact, the, sh the shame is pointing you to a false belief that it is your fault. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The shame, the emotion of shame is trying to point you to a false belief that you should have known better. But you were asleep. You were unconscious. How could you have known better? Unravel that belief. Let go of the shame. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. And how you respond. This one kind of cascades into the next one. Um, To go back to, if you see lack, 
If you see not enough, it means you're not good enough. Well, if you see unfair, it means you are unseen. Anytime we point the finger and say, that's not fair, it means you're unseen. You have an energy of unseen, unvalidated. Because no one ever said anything about fucking fair. Oh, it's not fair that that person cut in line. So what, let's just use that as an example. Someone cuts you off or cuts in line at the bank or whatever. Which, why the fuck are you still banking in person? But, <laughs> it's called technology, people. So, uh, <laughs> someone cuts you off in line at the post office. So again, that's a bad example, but you know what I mean. Sometimes you have to go to the post office. Um, someone cuts you off in line. You say, that's not fair. What you're really saying is, no one sees me. The fact that you got cut off or cut in line or something unfair happened to you is the indicator that you have a vibration of unseen because the outer reflection, remember that this is a mere reality. So the universe matches up with what's going on inside. If something is unfair, let's say something's unfair at work, you got passed over for a promotion. Somebody gets all the accolades. That means you are unseen and you have an energy of unseen and a belief system of unseen in your body. I'm not enough. There it comes again. I'm not enough means no one sees me, no one loves me, no one validates me. I work my ass off and it's effort unreceived. That shit is trapped in your body and the universe is trying to show it to you through the mere reality. We're going we're gonna to cut you off. We're going to pass you over promotion because you believe you're unseen. You're not good enough. Anytime you point the finger of unfair, it means you're not seen. Because who in the fuck told you that shit was supposed to be fair? How did you believe that? And if you want to get deeper into spirituality, everything is fair because you are the creator of your own reality. If you're consciously aware of it. If you know how to use the power of choice and perception. If you know how to create alchemy through the power of unraveling your beliefs and creating the ones you want to experience, then it is fair. We are all God. But on the level of normal human unconsciousness, nothing was ever said to be fair. So then if you heard pointing the finger, be like, that's not fair. I'm not seen. You might as well just say that. Oh, your boss punished. Now, it's not to say you don't call out the shit. It's not to say you don't call people out on it. I still call people out on that shit. But I also do the work on the inner on the inner belief system of the fact that I'm unseen. This happened the other day. I got triggered. Somebody made me feel not good enough, which is my big trigger. <clears throat> and I first and it was a customer service rep. So 
you better, you better believe I called them when I'm looking out. Like, hey, uh, no, that's not cool. So it's not okay to do what you did. And I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go meditate and, and release this unseen energy and this belief system. But this doesn't mean you don't call them out. I say this a million different ways. Passiveness is a way to deal with confrontation. It is not the way. It is not a one-size-fits-all. Christ said, turn the cheek to, to promote better understanding. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or I could stop him from fucking slapping me and still promote better understanding. I could be like, uh, don't put your hands on me ever again. And let's talk this out. Right? We all think we're trying to get to pure, like, pa like passiveness is the, the end-all, be-all. Ooh, I'm super spiritual. No, 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 no. It's a way to choose from. Not the way. A way, not the way. For me, I'm very passive. I let a lot of shit slide, and I let a lot of people off the hook. I am very quick to be like, this is not worth my time and energy to fight. You stole 40 bucks from me. I don't care. Not worth it. But I will definitely pick my battles. I would say 90% of the shit slides and then they come and cross the line in the sand. My boundaries. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to expand and grow from this. And so are you because I'm going to call you on this shit. Just had that happen recently. You're like, ah, oh, these people are, you know, ah, I don't need to deal with this. Ah, this thing will go away. Uh, oh, no, people are upset. Oh, scary. <laughs> oh, you're going to try to steal from me. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, <laughs> that's crossing the line. And every one of us needs to have that line. Everyone is going to have that different. A lot of people have their line way out there. So everybody, they get pissed off at everybody. I don't need, I don't have time for that. And yes, I know scarcity of time, blah, blah, blah. But I don't, I don't want to expend that kind of energy. But I guarantee you, you cross my line, you'd have, you'd, you'd done some shit now. Because I'm pretty hard to piss off. I've let go of a lot of triggers, let go of a lot of things, and I can see through people's stuff. Usually I don't, I don't take many things personally. Because it's usually not have, it doesn't really have anything to do with me, people's reactions to me, or anything. But there are certain things it just can't do. And I'm happy to learn and expand and grow from it and call you on your shit. That's not okay. So, unseen, I'm sorry, unfair is unseen. You ever say to anybody that's unfair, guess what? You might as well just say, I'm unseen. What else do we got here? Oh, I already wrote about that one. Wrote about that one. Oh, uh. 
Ah, oh, that one doesn't inspire me at this moment. But it's a good one. I think I'm going to leave that one for later. Uh, should I be erasing these? Probably not. Hmm. Um. Mm -hmm, that's really good. Jesus, I could go a whole, whole one on that. Where is it? Ah, uh, ooh. Oh, this is perfect. This really leads into what else? What we were just talking about. Um. This actually comes from my good friend and mentor, Kyle Cease, who taught me this. Uh, which if you do not, I highly recommend uh, Kyle's stuff and his book, uh, The Illusion of Money, really good. Um, anger is a defense mechanism to the emotion that's underneath it. A lot of people think anger is a, an uh, emotion, which it is. But typically when we're angry, this happens to me, or used to be, because I used to be very angry. It used to happen to me quite a bit. But now when I feel anger, I'm like, oh shit, there's something going on underneath. Usually for me, it's powerlessness. What I see happen a lot of times is let's say um, I used to be in finance for the government <clears throat> for the government's not the right uh i used to defend people from the government's financial arm um and when you deal with government a lot it's such a giant thing right like dealing with a giant company that um you can feel powerless over it right what are you going to do change the laws you're going to make people care like you're just a number in a cog in a wheel right so what I used to do is I get extremely angry because they, the government would literally lie and break the law and, um, and lie to people and lie to my clients. So I get super angry. But the anger was to cover up the feeling of powerlessness underneath it. I didn't know how to process powerlessness. Still have trouble with it. It's, it's got to be just full acceptance and just sitting with it, doing the David Hawkins letting go is my thing now. But um, bottom line is, if you feel anger and if you get angry at someone or something, I dare you to sit with it long enough, without exploding if you can, to see what's going on underneath the anger. Imagine anger is like a sword and a shield and a suit of armor. Because you're going to make someone else pay for the way that you feel. Someone else is getting the brunt of your shit right now. When you take off the armor, put down the weapons and the shield, typically there's a feeling of sadness, loss, powerlessness, shame. And you'd rather pick up the weapons and the armor to feel that you have some power over the situation rather than feel that weakness underneath or what we perceive as weakness. But remember, the powerlessness, and Jesus, I needed to hear this, the powerlessness 
that you feel or the thing that you feel is pointing you to a false belief. That you are not in control of this reality, but you are in control of the perception of it. So if you're feeling powerless, you could just be like, over you know something that the government did, you could come back and be like, what do I have to believe about this situation to be powerless? Well, first of all, you'd have to recognize that you're judging it as good or bad and not the best for all involved, not the highest evolution. So that's one thing, because if you saw it as, oh, well, this must be what source wants. And let me see if there's something else I could do. Let me see if I can learn from this, right? Like maybe this is a challenge to overcome or it's a detour sign. I don't know, but I'm grateful for it, right? When you're powerless, you're frozen, you pick up anger, you're trying to fight it, but you're not looking at the belief underneath it or the handful of beliefs that's causing you to feel those things. All you feel is anger. Good Lord. I am literally channeling for myself right now. This is why, I, this is one reason why I don't care if anybody listens to these. Wow, I needed to hear that. I'm still, let's just keep going with it. What else, what else would I have to do to feel powerless over a situation? To feel like you have no choice. Not so much in the choice in the way you react, but the choice in what to do with this information. Like if the government lied, the, the choice is how much energy do I want to spend? What's the intention? Do I want to fix the thing? Is there another way to do it without needing them? Is there some other way, legally of course, to do what I need to get done? Or is this powerlessness and therefore anger and then trying to yell at government representatives and politicians, is that doing any good to get the solution? No, probably not, maybe, I don't know. And does the anger help the situation? Typically never. That sounds like an oxymoron, typically never. Typically it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, there are times where the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but um, really the anger doesn't help you. You're going to get more flies with honey. Wait, is that right? Yeah, bees with honey? Shit. Flies with honey. I don't remember. You're going to be better served to be nice to people. Because um, they want to they help people that they like. Right? But bottom line is, you always have a choice in the way you respond to anything. Going back to responsibility. You always have a choice in the way you respond. That's your ultimate power and in, over your perception, the choice to choose like, well, if this is for my growth, if this is a challenge for me to grow from, if I looked at it that way, because I always look at, if you've heard my uh, previous podcast about, is it a wall or is it a challenge? Is this a detour? Do, do I go around the mountain? Is this a helping hand in saying, hey, this is a closed door go find a window or another door or go around it? Or is this a challenge and a stepping stone to grow and evolve from so that I might learn all the ins and outs about this 
representative and they're lying and they're blah blah because here's the thing the way i became an expert in student debt was i got a lot of lies i got told a lot of bullshit that i had to research and find people that knew the truth or test it and adjust it and figure it out and so those lies actually helped me but it was my choice to be angry with them right i didn't have to be angry that was just a response to the powerlessness I felt. And as I see it now, I'm seeing backward like, damn, all those lies did help. I mean, I hated building a foundation on false truth. Like, oh, I'd get, oh, is that how this thing works? And it would not be right. And I'd try it and you're like, wait, the last person said it was this way. No, it's this way. Like, who the, f what, what? Then I could figure out now I know exactly when they're lying. But, um, what I typically do is I just ask for a supervisor, right? Or I hang up and get a different representative who knows what the fuck they're talking about. Um, of course, I don't do that anymore. But still, I wouldn't waste my energy on it, right? It's my choice to do with what I want with my energy. And so um, we always have the choice of what we want to put our energy and attention on and the way we perceive it. Let's see. That's pretty good. Oh, we're at 51 minutes. I guess I better wrap this up. Well, I hope you got something out of my anthology episode where I strung together a bunch of thoughts that I got through meditation. I got something out of it. My perception that I'm going to choose is that this was helpful. <laughs> in some way um, and ultimately that abundance has shown itself in one of my favorite ways and that's with ideas my favorite way abundance shows itself is in ideas and opportunities and fact is you can sit down and meditate or get into flow, or do actually a lot of different things. Those are just two off the top of my head. You can do a lot of different things that spring forth ideas. <laughs> and you can do a lot of different things that springs forth opportunities. So, When those ideas come, what do you do with them? Well, sometimes you act on them. Sometimes you put them in your back pocket. It's up to you on the speed of which you move with them. But I must say, I saw, I have an app on my phone that I just take a bunch of notes. And, I, and then when ideas come that don't fit right where I'm at right now, but just looking back at it, I'm like, wow, there's just a wealth of ideas here. And I just strung together a great podcast, in my opinion, from abundance. And I didn't need to do anything but spark the fire, like we talked about in the beginning. All I had to do was spark the fire of excitement. I'm excited to do a podcast. And oh yeah, there's a shitload of ideas right here. 
just a couple of bullet points and then I go off on it, right? This is my flow. I am literally showing you by example how I do this. Not to say that I'm perfect in any way, shape, or form as a podcaster, but I'm getting really good at getting in the flow and channeling. I'm practicing more and more how to flow, how to channel, how to let whatever is supposed to come through come through in whatever way it's supposed to and be completely detached from outcome that anybody will any ever hear this. But I hear it and I'm grateful. So my friends, ultimately, everything is fair because everybody can create their own reality. The trick is, now you know that. So what are you going to do about it? No matter what you do, know that you are unconditionally loved more than you will ever know. I appreciate you for listening all the way. We are different stars in the same sky, different beats of the same heart. My unconditional love to you. Good journey, my friends.